Mommy gonna lose some teeth today. Shake, shake, shake. Like this, one, two, three. Hang on, Tiffin, tie your shoe. <laughs> if you guys just look around, pain is all over the place. You can go to the movies and see movies like Hotel Rwanda. Come on, bring it on, boy. Schindler's List. You turn on the radio, man, there are songs all over the place. Jimmy Eat World's got a song called Pain, and, and then Britney Spears has got a song called Lucky. Hey, have you ever heard of Britney Spears? Yeah. Have you ever heard of Britney yeah. Spears? No, you hadn't? She's got a song called Lucky. Talked about she cries her nights away. I mean, it's just an amazing song. Uh, Def Leppard. I know you guys, you've heard of Def Leppard, right? Yeah. You have? Okay, what songs do they sing? <laughs> they sing a song called Bringing on the Heartbreak. Have you heard of John Bon Jovi? Shot to the heart. <laughs> I remember one of the first times in my life that I felt pain. It was when I was a kid and my mom and dad had split up. And I remember not knowing if I should cry or be embarrassed or Oh, I remember just having this knot in my gut that hurt really, really bad. Ouch. Pain comes from everywhere. Boom, out of nowhere, one day you lose your job. The next thing you find out is your brother-in-law's got cancer. An old addiction pops back up. Your marriage has fallen apart. Your wife cheats on you. And you wonder, how can you just clear it all away? <laughs> yes, sir. That was real. There wasn't any acting to that deal. So, uh, yeah, man, my name is uh, Chris Spradlin, and uh, I am a founder at Epic Parent, and we travel around. Thank you very much. And... Uh, do some parent ministry. I'm also on a teaching team at a church called newhopechurch.tv. And so it's great to be back with Cornerstone this weekend. And uh, you know what? I want to welcome, uh, welcome the team at Santan. It's an honor to be here, uh, yeah, with you guys. And I tell you what, man, I go away for a little bit and you guys are, uh, man, launching new campuses and needing more parking. Things are blowing up around here. All right? It's a good problem to have. Good problem to have. So, listen, going to be doing a message this weekend called Growing Through the Pain. All right? Growing Through the Pain. Won't you guys say that with me? Growing Through the Pain. Okay, we're going to go ahead and dive right in with 1 Peter 4.12. It says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal or the painful trout. Now listen, here's what I like. As he says, don't be surprised when pain comes to your home. But why do we still get surprised when pain comes to our house, right? We do, don't we? We do. And it says, listen, don't be surprised. A fiery trial, pain is coming, okay? And it has come on to test you as though something strange were happening. Don't be surprised as though something were strange were happening to you. I like this because basically what Peter's doing, he's saying, okay, everybody listen to me. Pain 
is a reality of life. Okay? Pain is just a reality of life. And there's all different types of pain. You guys will look in your notes this morning. You'll see one form is what we call messed up world pain. Okay? The reality is we live in a messed up, jacked up world, and we can thank Adam and Eve for that. Okay? Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. We appreciate that. Okay? Things like 9-11 happen because of messed up world pain. Okay? Everything was, was perfect until back then. Okay? Tornadoes in Oklahoma happen because of messed up world pain. Okay? Crimes on children happen because of messed up world pain. We were born into and we will always live in a messed up world. And so we will all deal with pain from living in a messed up world. Another kind of pain is what we call, this is my favorite, and I'm really good at this one. This one's called stupid decision pain. Okay? How many of you guys right here in at Santan would be open and honest enough to raise your hand and say, yes, I'm familiar and acquainted with stupid decision pain. Okay, put your hand up. There were a lot of you that did not raise your hand. Okay, and so we're going to have the prayer partners come on down because you're a liar and you need to confess you're lying. Okay. All right. Stupid decision pain. Man, I look back on my existence and I can show you just stupidity after stupidity. Why did I do Why and what was I thinking, right? Okay, so stupid decision pain. Next one is enemy-driven pain. God's Word tells us that the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I want you to know that you are on his most wanted list. He wants to take you out. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to wreck your marriage. He wants your kids to walk away from Christ. Some of you are walking through pain right now and the enemy is attacking you. Then there's what we call supernatural pain. Most people don't like to deal with this reality, but I believe that God allows pain and in cases God causes pain. And you see that all throughout the scripture. There's physical pain. Some of you guys right now have a physical issue that's causing you pain. Some of you are dealing with an emotional pain that's heavy on your heart every single day that you get up. There is child birthing pain. Ladies, can I get an amen? amen. I just heard a man <laughs> say amen. Dude, whoever you are, you don't get that kind of pain, all right? That was awesome. Then there's a low-grade pain. 
that just is always present in some of your lives. There's the knot in the gut pain. It's just with you. Everywhere that you go. So my question for you is what is your pain? At our Santane campus, what is your pain? Some of you guys are dealing with pain from a divorce. Had a lady come up to me afterwards this morning looking for prayer. She goes, we just moved here. My husband and I are divorcing. My heart is broken. My kids' lives are wrecked. And we don't have any friends or family here. I'm dying. What do I do? Some of you guys are dealing with pain of a divorce. Some of you are dealing with the pain of being in a marriage where there's no intimacy, where there's no friendship, and where there's no life. It's almost like your business partners shuttling kids around and paying bills. And you thought that when you said, I do, that it would be so much more than that. But you're wrestling with the pain of a mediocre marriage. There's some of you here that are single. And you are ready. And you're wondering, God, why? Why? Where are they? What is going on? Send somebody my way. That is a real living and breathing pain that some of you are wrestling with. Some of you are dealing with a pain from your past. You have been unable to get past your past. You're chained. You're handcuffed. And you just can't break free to this life that Scripture says we can have. You're chained down to your past. There's others of you, you're 50 plus years old, and you're looking around and you're saying, where did the time go? How did I land here? You never thought that you would be where you are. You thought you would have more money in the bank. You thought all your kids would follow Christ. And you're just wrestling with where you are. There's some of you here, you're dealing with the pain of an addiction. This addiction has its hand around your throat and it's it's choking you out. It may be pornography. It may be anger. It may be people-pleasing. It may be gossip. I don't know what it is for you, but you're dealing with pain from an addiction. What is your pain? I believe there's a piece of paper in front of you or in your talk notes. Grab a pen, and I want you to give your pain a name. Just give it a name. Just grab it. Just grab it. Write it down.
Here's what we're going to talk about today. Is three ways to grow through your pain. Because very rarely does God remove it, right? Right. We, we have to learn to grow through this pain in our lives. So if you guys are taking notes, the very first way to grow through this pain is to enter your pain. Don't run from it. Enter your pain. Step into the pain. The book of Lamentations is all about pain, okay? And I took this specific verse out of the message translation because I love the way it words it. It's Lamentations 3, 28 through 30, and it says, When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. But why, God? What's going on? Why is this happening to me? Why are we having to wrestle with this? Are you ever going to show up? It says, don't ask questions. Wait. That's our problem. We struggle with waiting. We struggle with patience. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. I like this next portion. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. So my oldest son, his name is Cole. We call him Cole Train. He just turned 15 last week. You guys just write down, pray for Chris, because he has a 15-year-old boy. And man, he is checking out the ladies. And it is crazy around our house right now. I'm just telling you what, like, calm down, son. But when he was about four years old, I'll never forget. So when I discipline my kids, man, it is an event at our house, okay? It's not a real fast, quick process. You know, the kids get in trouble, Coltrane specifically. Uh, in the past, I would send him to the bathroom, and they knew that business was going down in the bathroom. And I would show up in there like a prosecuting attorney, and I would be like, Coltrane, I'm going to show you exhibit A, your sister's black eye. Okay, here you go. Exhibit B, your hand. And so I lay out this case before him, all right, and he's guilty. And then the discipline goes down, and then it's 20 minutes of just setting him in my lap, and loving on him, walking him through it, know that I accept of him, I approve of him, and there's nothing that he can do to make me love him any less. 30, 40 minute discipline process. Okay? This one particular day, I don't know what he was doing. He may have punched his sister, or, you know, uh, who knows what he did. And. I said, Cole, you need to go to the bathroom. He goes, Dad, please don't. He's like, please. I don't want a 30-minute sermon. <laughs> Just let Mom do it because she does it quick and fast. I don't have to listen to all your sermons. <laughs> True story. Here are my feelings. Here's what I love about it is Cole's basically saying, okay, listen, I'm going to just step into the pain. I'm going to step into it. Let's do this thing. Let's get it over with, okay? He was willing to step into it. There's some of you here this weekend 
Maybe you're at the Chandler campus, maybe you're at Santan, and it is time for you to step into the pain. It's time for you to enter into this pain. But here's what we want to do, is we want to numb it. We want to ignore the pain. We want to act as if it's not even there. Some of us participate in what I call the blame game. And we like to blame everybody else for our pain. We point at our spouses, our husbands, and our wives and say, yeah, you know what? It's their fault. It's their fault. We want to look at our fathers and our moms that raised us right. We say, I am the way I am. And I have the baggage that I have because of them. It's their fault. We want to blame our kids for their behavior. We want to blame our bosses because we're miserable at work, right? And the coworkers that gossip about us. We want to blame everybody else. And today is the day that we need to step into this pain. We get angry. There's some of you this weekend that you're in full-blown depression. Because of the pain in your life. Some of you withdraw. You isolate. You don't want to be around people when you're going through this. Some of you deny it. You're denying the facts and the reality that you have pain in your life. Some of you drink it away. And there may be some that roll it up and try to smoke it away. How do you enter your pain? Ecclesiastes 4.12, listen to this. Powerful verse. I believe this gives us some insight into how we all can begin to take a step into our pain. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. One can be overpowered. In isolation, you will be overpowered, you will be beat. But two can defend themselves. And listen to this. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So my youngest son, when he was about three-ish or four-ish, his name is Tipton Jack. We call him the jackhammer. He was a long-haired hippie in the video. All right. He and I were out walking, walking around in Colorado one day, walking through the forest, and he was just picking up sticks. And man, this kid is an introvert. He doesn't say much. But when he does speak, ever since he was little, man, dad's listening, dad's taking notes because the dude is just full of wisdom, all right? And so he's walking around, he's picking up sticks, and he's like, yeah, dad, it's pretty interesting that you can, like, if you pick up one stick, you can break it pretty easy. And he's just breaking these sticks. He goes, but if you get two sticks and you get them together, he says, it's a little bit harder to break. I'm like, yep, you're right. He's just kind of talking as he's walking. He says, but if you get a bunch of sticks together, he says, they don't break. And I'm thinking in my mind, wow, novel. 
<laughs> you were so bright, Tifton. That's great. But he was three, all right? That's, yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, wow, novel concept. The reality is it may be novel, but there's very few of us that walk in that concept that this three-year-old child understood very well. God's word says, if you're not walking with someone through your pain, that you're going to shatter and you're going to break. But you're still walking solo through your pain. Some of you, and let's be honest, soon as the service is over, you need to get on the phone and you need to book yourself an appointment with a counselor. I've been. I don't have counsel phobia. I'm a pretty jacked up dude sometimes. All right? I've been. I've needed help walking through difficult seasons in my life. Some of you need, as soon as you get home, to sit down in front of your spouse and to come clean. You need to confess your secret. There's some of you here that are just flying solo. You need a group of guys. You need a group of ladies around you to walk through this pain with you. Because if you are walking through life solo, you will shatter. God's word says you will be strong if you have people in your life that you are walking with. Today is the day you need to come clean with your secret. You need to confess your addiction. You need to talk about your pain. You need to say, I will no longer live life in isolation. I will no longer fly solo, but I will share my pain with someone today. And I want you to write that person's name down right now. Man, this is your chance to enter the pain and to step in to God's healing. So paper, piece of paper in front, put the name down, put it in your pocket, walk out this door, call them, step into your pain. So first way to grow through the pain is to enter your pain, don't run from it. The second one is to pursue the presence of Jesus. Say that with me. Pursue the presence of Jesus. Man, this Philippians 4, 6 through 7 verse, this verse has literally saved my life. Don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition. So listen, I love the first part of that verse and how I just skim by it. That's what most of us do. Don't be anxious about anything. It says nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about your marriage, about your financial situation. Don't be anxious about your kids. Don't be anxious about your job. God's word says, listen, whatever it is that you're worrying about, whatever it is that you're thinking about, whatever it is that has you burdened down, whatever it is that has you handcuffed, whatever the pain is that you're dealing with, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, God, thank you that I'm walking through this. I know that sounds crazy, 
Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Man, what God is saying here is, listen, if you'll just come to me, if you'll pursue me, if you'll press into me, he's saying, I'm not necessarily going to take your pain away, but I'm going to pick you up over this pain. You're not going to feel it. You're going to be disconnected from it. It's going to be a supernatural, crazy peace, and you're going to be looking and say, wow, there's me. Look at that. Look what I'm walking through. Because the peace of God is surrounding you in the midst of your pain. And this peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Last time I was here, I told you a story about my wife. Some of you may remember. Her name is Jody. When she was 16 years old, she was hit by a drunk driver. Okay, uh, Drunk driver going this way on the highway about 75 miles an hour at night. Jody and them coming, bam, head-on collision. She lost her leg at 16 years old, okay? Jody and I went to high school together. We reconnected after college and started going out, okay? We were four weeks into the dating process. And believe me, those of you guys that remember that are in that now, dating is a process, Okay? And we were four weeks into it, and Jody had the DTR conversation with me, okay? which is the define the relationship conversation. Okay? Let me just tell you, you have, it is okay to have that conversation seven, eight months in. It is not okay to have that on week number four. So we're sitting there, we're at this restaurant. And she goes, Chris, listen, I just got to talk to you. I mean, she's just bold. She's just open. This girl just says it. And she's like, man, I was talking to God a couple months ago, and he told me that within a year I was going to be married. And I wet my pants just a little bit right there (laughs) on the restaurant chair when she said that. Okay, I'm like, man, where are we headed with this deal? And uh, she goes, so I just want you to know that, that I like you, And I see this thing has some potential, but this is where I'm headed. And if you're not heading that way, you can go ahead and hop off the train right now, and I'll be all good. I'm like, seriously? She just said this to me? I'm Chris Spradlin. Yeah, she said it. And um, so here's the deal. This will let you know a little bit about how shallow I was back in the day. I... uh, I said, listen, Jody, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm struggling with the reality of what it means to marry someone that's an amputee. I said, there's realities to that that not everyone has to deal with. I said, I'm struggling with that. And she said, you know what? She goes, I get that. She goes, because at times it's really, really difficult. She goes, so... Here I am, she goes, I'm 22, and my handicap is that I'm an amputee. And she goes, and I'm looking at you, and you're 23, and your handicap is that you've already lost your hair. (laughs) Oh, bam! She just like took... Like, let me turn it. I was already self-conscious. I was trying to get the comb over going. And she just called it out like it was. It's unbelievable, man. She is ruthless. And so here's the deal, man. It really had, for me, 
as I began to dig deeper, had nothing to do with the fact that Jody was an amputee. It had everything to do with the fact that my parents were divorced, my grandparents were divorced, my great-great-grandparents were divorced, my great-great-great-grandparents were divorced, all the way back seven, eight generations. My best friend's wife cheated on him after 12 months of marriage and just left. I was walking in absolute fear that I was going to follow this same pattern. And I'm going to tell you what, it was one of the most painful seasons in my life. Walking in fear, walking in fear of intimacy, walking in fear of giving myself to someone and someone walking away from me, not wanting anything to do with me. I went through depression. I gained 25, 35, 40 pounds. I remember coming home from work and literally going to bed about 5.30 and 6, not waking up until the following month after month after month. I finally got to the point and I said, God, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I remember getting God's word out and going to Philippians 4, 6 through 7 and just reading this over and over. Don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication. Don't be anxious about it. And I said, God, I'm going to get through this thing. I'm not going to keep doing this. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm not going to keep believing the lies. We're going to fix this. Don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Bring your request to God. He's going to give you a peace that passes all understanding and will transcend your heart. And I prayed that like 15 times and God didn't do a thing. I was like, man, you're lying, God. You tell me you're going to give me a peace. I'm still sick to my gut. So day number two kicks in. I prayed it again over and over and over and over, and God didn't show up. It was quiet, and I was sick to my stomach. Prayed it day three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, sixty, ninety, a hundred and twenty-four months into the process. I was still bottled up in pain, walking in depression. And I kept praying through it. Don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God with thanksgiving. God, thank you that I'm going through this. This is the most painful thing in my life that I've ever walked through. But I thank you. You're growing me. I'm becoming more intimate with you. I'm learning. Thank you so much. I'm walking through this. And I'm going to tell you, I prayed it. Month three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And after about month nine. I woke up and the haze started to lift. I was like, there's sunlight. There's sunlight. And supernatural peace came over my life and my heart. But here's what we want to do. Is we want to pray it one day. And we want God to show up. We want to pray it two days and we want God to show up. There are very few people that will step into the authority of God's word and claim it. And when God doesn't show up after two, three weeks, two, three months, most, most of us walk away from it. You got to pray through the pain. Pray through it. Pray through it. 
and pursue the presence of Jesus. Here's what's interesting. Listen to this verse. Isaiah 61.1 says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for, for the prisoners. It says, bind up the brokenhearted. The original language, right? Bind up, that word is kavrash. It's in Hebrew. It's when back in scriptural times, a little boy would come and his arm was cut up and he was bleeding. His mom would say, come to me, let me kavrash. Let me, why, let me, let me wind my gauze. Let me wrap my healing gauze around you, my son, and let me heal this wound. That's what kavrash, bind up, means. Brokenhearted means wrecked or ruptured heart. And what the scripture means is Jesus standing before you today and he's saying, come to me with your ruptured, wrecked heart and I want to wind my gauze around your life. He just wants to wrap himself, everything that he is around the pain in your life. He wants to wrap around you and he wants to bring healing to your life. We have to step into the pain. Stop numbing it. Stop running away from it. Step into it. Pursue Jesus. And he will wrap himself around your pain. Tell you what. On the other side of pursuing Jesus is joy. Irrational, crazy, full of purpose, full of vision. I have been healed. Joy. On the other side of the pain, on the other side of pursuing Jesus, there is peace. Crazy, supernatural. Ha, my life is falling apart, but I have peace that is available to you. Last way to grow through the pain is know there is a now. Know, K-N-O-W, there is a now, N-O-W, in your pain. Listen to this, Romans 8, 28. says, and we know that in all things... In everything, whatever's going on in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the difficulty in marriage, okay, your financial stress, challenges in parenting, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. God works in the pain for the good of those that love him. A lot of us think that this verse means that, oh, I can't wait till one day I get to see how Jesus works this whole thing together. There's some of you saying that I'm struggling right now, and one day God's going to show up. Some of you are saying, in the future, one day, God's going to move. It's going to all make sense. I'm going to have vision. I'm going to get it. Let me tell you what, this verse is written in the present. Present participles. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen to me. He said, right now in your pain, I'm working good. 
He says, you don't see me. You may not feel me, but I am there and I am present and I am wrapping myself around your pain right now while you're hurting. He says, I'm here. You're going through a divorce. You're struggling. You're hurting. He says, I'm wrapping. I'm wrapping. I'm here. Trust me. Finances are a mess. Paycheck to paycheck, sinking deeper and deeper in debt every single day. You feel like you have no hope. And Jesus standing before you today, he says, I'm here. I'm wrapping myself right now. I'm not going to show up in the future. I'm here now. I'll always be with you. You have an addiction. You feel like it's separating you from God. It's causing you pain. He says, listen, I know you're struggling. I'm here. I'm wrapping myself around you. Let me tell you what God's in the business of doing. God's in the business of making beautiful things out of the tragedy in our lives. I'll tell you what, I've gone through some difficult, painful things in my life. so thankful that God loves me enough and has grace that he has taken my stupid mistakes and areas that I failed and he has turned them into beautiful things.